Bam, ba -dum, ba -dum. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Unfiltered Experience, where my name is Christopher Rausch. And my name is Scott Goyette. Good evening, Scott. What's going on, brother? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Just uh, enjoying this day, filled with gratitude, doing the best I can, a little bit more, and here we are on Friday night. I know. I know. It's crazy. Sometimes thinking about the intro to the to this saying the unfiltered experience. I'm so used to saying, hey, welcome to Friday Night Live. And today we're going to be talking about and having my drink right here and <laughs> kind of just busting into it. But uh, yeah, it's 2021 already. And here we are. And uh, I'm excited for tonight's show because I mean, I mean, thinking about the, the the idea of compassion and what it is that you and I are about and what we put in, in our group coaching program, what we put in through just what we do individually in our posts and our videos and our podcasts and everything else. Um, I'm super excited for that. And I was thinking about you know, as I was going throughout my day and thinking about compassion and, uh, you know, it just came across to me. I'm like, think about what the difference between, um, compassion and empathy is. And I was just going to kick it off just a little bit for asking you that question, just for clarification on my end. What's up, Pamela. Good to see you. Good to see you. Thank you for being here. So empathy is more, has an ego component to it. So say for example, when I'm offering you compassion, like Chris, you're having a horrible day, everything's going wrong. And I'm like, Chris, I'm not trying to understand you. I'm not trying to feel you. I mean, I'm not trying to say I can be in your shoes. I'm saying, Chris, that sounds horrific. I can only imagine. And that's the compassion. The piece that's empathy where, you know, sometimes it gets a little confusing is me trying to put myself in your shoes. So imagine, you know, we see a lot of people trying to be empathetic to different groups in the U.S. right now and throughout the world. And one of the issues that we end up facing is we try to put themselves, put ourselves in their shoes. And you said it a million times. Everyone comes from a different set of experiences. So for me to assume that I can understand what you're going through by assuming your experiences is very difficult. So even though when we talk about listen, observe, voice, and empathize in the love model, if I have my choice, my choice, love would be spelled loveka. So I could say <laughs> compassion, but I talk about empathy, but I often reference compassion a little bit more, um, which brings me to, I want to share, uh, you know, who we've got here today. We've got an amazing two guests who created something called the Compassion Games, and they also have something called the Sign Network, and I'm gonna let them talk a little bit about that. But they're a beautiful couple. They're wonderful human beings. In fact, they got married a few years ago, and I got to see all the pictures. I wasn't there, but all the pictures and videos and all kinds of good stuff. And I think that they would echo what I'm talking about when I'm saying that compassion's where it's at, because we're not trying to take our mind and get into what that person is feeling. We're allowing our heart just to say, man, I can only imagine what you're going through. And that connection is eternally powerful. So let's welcome John and Summer Raymer. <laughs> John and Summer. Hey, mom. what's up, guys? Welcome to the Hey, guys. Good to be with you. Yeah. This Great to be with you guys. Yes. So good to be here. So what's happening this evening for you guys? Are you guys ready, uh, ready to rock? We are grateful to be here. There's nothing more near and dear to our hearts than the notion of compassion. Yeah. Um, it's, you don't have to believe anything. It's not an ideology. It's not a philosophy. Animals exhibit compassion. It's that, you know, desire to alleviate suffering for others. And we love the fact that compassion is rooted deeply in our everyday lives and what we get to do. Yeah, and I also I just really want to honor uh, Scott. We've known him over the years with Go Love Now and some of the great uh, work that he does, that he's done with kids, and now that it's like focusing on coaching. Just really, I see. To me, I think that Go Love Now is an example 
of compassion and action, you know, is this sense of what is the love now? And, and I also just really want to say, I appreciate both of you holding space and being men during this time in the U S white men to holding space for a raw conversation about getting to the heart and getting to the truth. It's, it's nice to see that reflected right now. And I just, I appreciate that and, and where the conversation is already going tonight. So thanks for having us. Yeah. We're so, we're so pleased to have you. I mean, I'm sure you've probably seen a few of our shows. We definitely have no, no, uh, no qualms about addressing the issues that are going on in our country today. And we're definitely going to be continuing more of that. So we so appreciate you being here today and just, just, just want to jump into it. So talk to us about where the, the origins of the compassion games came from for you guys. Well, we it actually yeah. started with John before yeah. I entered, just to honor the journey of Compassion Games as, as well as it came from so many. It kind of was this organic unfolding that happened a few years before I met John. So you should yeah. definitely tell that story. Well, we live in the Seattle area. And in 2008, we had a visit from His Holiness the Dalai Lama. An event called the Seeds of Compassion. And that really was a turning point for me personally. I realized the power of compassion, how important it is as a way of being in the world, a way of doing good in the world. And after the seeds of compassion, we said we wanted to make our city a compassionate city. So we made this up, this crazy game in which we got 1,500 people to pledge their time, their talent, their treasure to help meet the needs of people in their community, in our community. And we said to the city council and the mayor, if we could get 1,500 people to do it, would they become the first city to affirm what's called the Charter for Compassion? A religious scholar named Karen Armstrong won the TED Prize that year. Uh, and, hi, and, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, we need a Charter for Compassion for our times, the golden rule for our time. So the city and the mayor and the city council, I don't think they really understood what we were proposing, but they agreed and we did it. And we started this campaign of creating a 10-year campaign to become a compassionate city. And the truth is a compassionate city is a, it's a, it's a painful city, you know, to confront the real problems that people are dealing with. So it, it's an uncomfortable city if you really say you want to be a compassionate city. And we came to terms with that. But what happened was one of the cities, Louisville, Kentucky, has an amazing mayor who does this mayor's week of service every year. And we honored the mayor and brought him and his team out to Seattle to appreciate their good work. And he went home and wrote me a letter saying they were the most compassionate city in the world and would be so till proven otherwise. I said, what? What do you mean you're the most compassionate city? Here we are honoring you. And then I got it. I saw this is a great, because when I went around the town to tell people, well, you know, the mayor of Louisville says they're the most compassionate city. People said, what? How can I participate? How can I get involved? And up until then, telling people about all the problems of the city and all the yeah, things that were that wrong. That wasn't inspiring. And I said, wow, that's really great. I'm glad you're doing this. Thanks for doing it. A good old rivalry, right? Getting yeah, them getting riled yeah. up, especially if it's opposing sports teams. I mean, come on, like come you're gonna on. let them do that to us. Exactly. Right. It was a culture hack. Yeah. So we said, let's oh, okay. do it. It's the compassion game, survival of the kindest. Jennifer Lawrence is from Louisville, and it was the year of the Hunger Games. 
And we said, this is the antidote to the Hunger Games is the Compassion Games. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And so now, I mean, flash forward to now, there's over 500 cities around the world that have also affirmed to be compassionate cities working on compassion. And over the years, it's been getting to, I would say, the root of the word competition, which is actually, I think, also in relation to what you were talking about earlier about the difference between empathy and compassion, that the root of the word is competere, which actually means strive together. So the Compassion Games creates this context of competition in a way that like, hey, Christopher, if your community is engaging in compassion and that actually is a win for me, that, like, that brings more value to the game as a whole. And if Scott is, you know, in a sense, you know, uh, engaging and racing for compassion, it's his, him, his community. So it is a win-win rather than a win-lose, which really is ideally a win for all of us. A win-lose game is a is really a lose. You can't yeah. lose the compassion game. So so it's uh it's pretty amazing to see uh that it started from a spark of two cities then and now it's happening all over the world and it's a way to engage in that muscle and ongoing journey of compassion. It never ends. The game isn't really ever ending. So yeah. So just to clarify a couple of things, we call them co-opetition. Yeah. You're cooperating to compete, but not against each other with each other. Yeah. Like Summer was saying, yeah. competere means to strive together. Yeah. So we're trying to reframe some of these ideas. One about competition, the truth is we're really competing with ourselves to be the very best we could be. And in our communities then, and we count things. So we count the number of hours, the number of volunteers, the number of people that are served, the money that's raised in communities. So there's a framing that allows you to have a scoreboard so you can see, but you can't lose. And we use it as a, as a way to measure our progress over time. So communities can see how they're getting stronger and stronger in their capacity to meet the needs of the people in their community. Yeah, and I, and I love that. And that's something that, you know, I know you guys know that I, I teach my students the same thing. You know, I'm teaching business, so I've got all these kids who are saying, how can I be the best I can be and make all this money? And there's this win-lose element of business, and that's taught in business schools across the country, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And I'm always talking about exactly what you're saying, is if you elevate in your own brilliance so much, you can be a beacon for others to see what you did and vice versa. So the competition is within yourself and it's sharing and it's growing. And I see that exact parallel with the compassion games. Another thing I wanna ask you, because let's go right into this. We're seeing the whole country right now. There's a lot of division. We've had these conversations. Um, I had an opportunity to be part of your MLK Convergence program, which was incredible. And you guys blessed me with an hour to speak to people all over the world. It was absolutely amazing. And thank you for letting me be part of that. But I want to address this piece because we're seeing right now in the US that people want unity and people want unity all over the world. But what's happening is, and this is where I'm going to ask you, Chris, to show something because I think it's very important. Um, but what's happening is right now, there's so much internal trauma and there's so many things that have not been essentially completed. So, you know, we have like you punch me in the face and then we're good now. That's kind of what's going on. So we've got this division that doesn't have, um, what's the word I'm looking for, completion of certain actions. 
So I want to show a picture real quick and talk about it before I finish this question because it's important. Do you have that, Chris? So for those of you guys who are familiar with Burning Man, if you guys were, you know, ever followed this event, this is my favorite piece of art in the world ever because this is two adults with their backs to one another representing society right now. We're looking at society and we're seeing society completely divided. And it's really because of internal pain. We're feeling fear. We're feeling sadness. We're feeling shame. We're feeling anger and all these emotions. And it's because the inner child in us is not healed. You know, we have something that, hey, why am I feeling lesser because of my color? Why am I different because of my gender? Why is this person? Why is that person? All these things that are never good discussions are starting to show up. So what I would like to do, we can pull that back, Chris, for everyone who's looking at that. But what I would like to do is let's start the conversation with you guys. How do we create unity? What's the process? Where do we begin? Right, right. It's a, it's a, big, it's a big quest, I'd like to say. <laughs> and it's, Truth. you know, for me, it's a quest all the time. And I, I want to humbly come to that place of I don't know all the answers yet. Um, but one of the things that stands out for me, and this has been a mission of playing the compassion games, we've had different missions and possible actions for people to play as they play the compassion games. And one that really stands out to me that I feel is, is part of an answer to these times is befriending the other, that exploring where in our neighborhood, where in our families, where in um, however, whatever is our point of view, where is the other showing up to like explore that for self and how to create a bridge to that, like an ultimate bridge to befriend, to listen, to try to understand. And, you know, it all I think starts from a conversation it starts with, you know, the moment now. And I, I think of Gandhi's quote a lot about be the change you want to see in the world, that sometimes the most profound change is not the conversations where I'm trying to tell someone how to be the change, but it's just distilling that and clarifying that for myself in this moment with all of you and, you know, and, and, and how I can be that bridge and, and connect to wherever the other exists. And that picture is so profound. And of that, of two people, you know, I, I can, you know, think about in my life or in our in family, especially, I have some family members that have very different views than me. Um, politically and just worldview, lots of different per points of views that are different. And I feel I, when I connect to that person that I feel the other energy, it's like, how can I not be understood here, but how can I just listen and like really explore compassion, open my heart more to understand and be that bridge in that. So I feel like that is one of the key things right now is wherever that polarization is the most, like the most triggered and like heated, uncomfortable energy, um, to get curious with that. 
Yeah, that's yeah, apparently my, that's good. That word is beautiful. That word curious, because that goes right to that that visual I just shared. Because curiosity is king of the child, and so that's exactly what why I shared that. And it's amazing that you ended on that because the minute we go back to curiosity instead of fear and other emotions, that's where we're going to start this healing process. And um, and I'll add this real quick: is I've been listening to people who are talking about when people I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this, when would people start to follow somebody indiscriminately and they start to just uh, create an identity and alignment with whether it's a politician or uh, any figure. Once you start to say my identity is their identity to bring them back to a space where they're truly themselves and not aligned to something that deep down is not them. We've got to go back to that childlike space. Let's go back, have the conversations where we used to know that person. So that's the beautiful thing. So talk about that more. And John, you're going to say something too. Let's talk about that curiosity and how do we get to that space with maybe the more difficult people, the ones that we're saying, maybe I'll do it with this person, but not that person. We're already in our brain saying maybe them, but not them. Let's right. let's reach for the for the sky here. Where can we start with that curiosity? Go back to a place where maybe it's just talk about basketball. Maybe it's just have a nice cup of coffee. And And how do we not go to the places where organically we're going to go to because they're top of mind. How do we go back to that place of curiosity and sit there and leave before we get to that argument? How do we heal in that way? Or does that even make sense to you guys? Oh, no, totally. totally. Yeah. In fact, yeah. in fact, at that seeds of compassion event is where I met hereditary chief Phil Lane jr. And a lot of the wisdom of the indigenous world has guided me here. There's some really important things for us to learn that are not present in our culture today. And they're just kind of waiting to be found. So he offered 40 years of consultation amongst indigenous leaders, a summary statement of these guiding principles. It says, starting from within, working in a circle, in a sacred manner, we heal and develop ourselves, our relationships and the world starting from within, working in a circle, in a sacred manner. We heal and develop ourselves, our relationships in the world. And one of the things that we don't have in our culture are safe and supportive places to empty. Mm -hmm. Emptying. It's not venting. And to be able to create a safe enough place where people can empty, where you can listen without judgment, you can ask without assuming where you can seek to understand before you need to be understood. That's a huge gift we can give to each other is to make it safe enough for people to really say what they feel and for them to know that they could say it in a non-judgmental way and that you will hear them. And sometimes saying it back to them mm. so that you can say, let me make sure I really understand what you're saying, whether you agree or not, just that they know that they've been heard. So many times we just, our people are, are frustrated because they haven't been heard. And making it safe enough for us to empty, that's one of the first steps, I think, on this journey about how we recover and how do we heal. Healing is learning, and learning is healing. And therefore, we need that for each other. We need to offer that to each other and be that for each other. There's no way out but to move forward in this way together and understanding that you know, we can connect through our similarities, but then we can innovate through our diversity. And what's different could become a source of strength again. 
It's thank God we're not all the same. So you just said something beautiful. I want to hear Chris's thoughts on this. You were talking about a space to empty and you guys gave us a great show to watch that um, we watched last night, Chris and I. So um, glad you watched that. What was the name of it again? I'm, I'm more related to the divide. Uh, the undivided, uh, undivided we fail. Um, yeah, undivided we fail, right? Yeah, totally. Undivided so, we fail. <laughs> so Chris, tell, tell us, what did, what did you think of that? Because that was a great setup for a space of emptying that was really, really well uh, moderated. And, and it, there was an allowing for people to just be and that's everything that you guys are describing. We got to see that play out. We can recommend that to everybody. What was your take on that, Chris? Because we both got to see it last night. Yeah, dude. I mean, that was crazy. What was interesting is that when I first went into it, I watched like two different beginnings of an undivided we fail like documentary. And I'm like, I don't know if it, this is what uh -huh. it is or whatever. So I went back to actually to your message and I finally saw it. And I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. And what was interesting is at first I wasn't sure I was watching the right thing again. And I was like, okay, how does this relate to, oh, compassion. Uh-huh. No, I thought it was brilliant. I, I thought it was a beautiful opportunity for, for people to be seen having those conversations and being able to really, like you said, guys, I mean, we're, we're, we're absolute advocates of seek first to understand then to be understood. It's something that's been massive in my life as far as moving forward. So, so watching people come in with their preconceived notions, you can kind of see, okay, who was what, where, um, you know, it was just beautiful for them to like explain things in their terms. And that's what Scott and I have been privileged to in, in, in our shows and having Wallace and having Orrin and having, you know, Jason on there, you know, different people in different aspects, having Jimmy Dennis recently sharing their perspectives of what it means to be in America from their, from their situation, from their reality, from their truths, uh, and having people go, wow. And especially, I love the fact that they would come back and they would ask counter questions. Scott was, you know, they would sit there and say, okay, so you're saying it's okay for this. And then like you guys are saying, you know, it's all about the questions that you ask that you can elicit like, okay, then we're not talking about the same thing. Let's figure out how we can move together. So I, I absolutely thought it was brilliant. I had tears in my eyes. I was like, okay, more people need to watch this. More people need to have these conversations instead of, you know, standing, you know, like you said, standing firm, this is my thing and that's who I'm going to be. And, you know, da, 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 I'm not going to have any compassion for anything else. So what were you, what was your take, dude? Oh, I, similar. Yeah. So just, a, just a framework for everybody who, who who's thinking about watching too. So what they're doing is they're putting a group of people who are hardcore Democrats or at least you know, liberal minded in one group. And there's another group um, who are hardcore conservatives and or Republicans. At first, they sit in a group together and they all kind of answer questions. What was the worst time you ever spent in the U.S.? What was the thing that just made you say, I never want to be here again? And one person's favorite thing was one person's hell. And so they're but they're sitting there together and you, and you see that they're triggered and you see that they're feeling. But. They've honored the fact that we're in a safe space. We're going to receive, we're going to repeat back, we're going to hear. And so I'll be honest with you, when I was listening to some of those comments, I'm, I was in bed watching and half asleep and I'm like, wait a second, that's just, no, no, no. And I started, I like woke up into it. So, and then I'm like, almost like I was in the room. I'm like, sorry about that. And I like went back to my pillow. And then, and then I kind of came back and I'm like, you know, you got to stop acting up, Scott. You got to be a good representative, even though nobody sees you. And so, I was being triggered by it and I would suggest everyone go become triggered by it and then feel the outcome. Now, again, they're taking a very select group, giving them a safe space. There's certain people who are going to be able to do this. Others may not choose to do it. There was one woman I was certain and I, I said, she's definitely going to create a mess and she didn't. So my prejudgment of her um, turned out to be wrong and I'm happy that I was wrong because being wrong is an opportunity to learn. So my take was, 
well done. I'd like to see it on a bigger scale. I'd like to throw a few more people in there that most of us think there's no way you could ever put that person in and see what happens because I'm all about massive experiment. Um, but I think everyone should check it out. What do you guys think, John Summer? What did you guys well, think of that? I just want to say one thing, Scott. What you just said is so powerful. Yeah. This idea that hmm, maybe I was wrong. And to be open to change mm. our views on mm -hmm. things. Oh my God. Yes. We're so attached. Yeah. And um, you know, to tell the stories maybe of our unconscious bias and how they've affected us at times. Yeah. One of my favorite stories happened to me in the New Orleans last year, we were there. Yeah. And I was waiting for an Uber in front of this house. And this young African-American boy comes running this by. This is in 2019, by the way, not 2020. Okay. It was last year. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> but Time flies. Pre 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 right, pre pre That's right. That's right. But what happened was I said, okay, what's going on? Then I see this big black guy coming down the street screaming. And I said, oh, my God, I'm in trouble. This guy's coming after me. And I'm getting ready. I'm like, okay. And then as he gets closer to me, I realize he's got a badge and he's the principal from the school. And he was going after this kid that had ran out of school. And I just stopped and I said, you know what? You can't believe it. I just thought you were screaming and coming after me. And I realized here you are taking care of our future generation. And we just, we just broke into tears. And he didn't say a word and now all that bias already shows up, you know, that's in us without us even thinking and to have a safe enough place to say, Hey, I was wrong. And to tell these stories and say, Hey, I didn't realize how are we going to grow if it's not okay for us to learn from our mistakes. Mm -hmm. So I really honor you, Scott, for doing that. That's exactly. And that's what we saw there. You saw it in that, in the conflict between those folks as they came to realize maybe, you know, maybe, I, maybe my position isn't the best one. And maybe I should be open enough to change my view on things. I mean, that was, I know you, you were really moved. Oh my that. gosh. I, yeah. And, and actually there was also a premiere. I just want to um, chime in another um, documentary that just went live yesterday with Van Jones and, oh, and Megan, Megan McCain. McCain. Um, so they're representing red and blue and, you know, this, this, this bridging, that's really what I feel like is what we're talking about is bridging. And one of the things about this PBS one that we're talking about now is not only was it a safe space, but I want to say it also was this moving space of like brave, um, explorations too, where, you know, I think I know which one you're talking about, Scott, that I also triggered me. Um, watching it's the obvious like, one. Oh, she's not going to she's not going to budge. This isn't going to work out. I want to see the behind the scenes, though. That's what I'm thinking back in my mind. I bet she lost her shit a few times. They probably said I'm that. Wondering yeah. too. I'm wondering, too, because yeah. her facial expressions. Yeah. Like when, when I was saying I jumped up in bed, you know, I, I yeah. try to be funny and, and, and make it a good joke. But I'm kind of serious. I kind of did jump up in bed. And then yeah. I just laugh about it. So we laugh about it together. But I was like, are you kidding me? And and yeah. I'm like, I'm like, guaranteed she does something stupid. And I'm sitting here talking to myself. My wife's in the other room talking to my daughter, talking to her. I'm like, oh, I know she's going to, oh, this guy's cool. That's that guy. He, he got it going on. I'm like narrating the thing. So I, oh I God, think that there's something about a container that offers like a space, like, thank goodness for, I believe the same, we're talking about the same person. Thank goodness for her, because I feel like whoever was watching that maybe related with her point of view 100%. and then saw her transformation. Like I was blown away. 
and stayed and watched it because of her. They stayed and watched it because of her. That's that, yes. that's what that's what that show did very well. Yeah. I guarantee you, the producers of that show said, "Let's take you know twelve personality types or twelve belief structures." Like this was well done. Like this wasn't by accident. And they yeah. kept one of everybody so that you were following your character. There's no mm -hmm. question. It was extremely yep. intelligently well done for that purpose. So you're you're cheering your your person on at the end, and then you're like, and no matter who you liked, you're like, oh, you kind of gave in a lot more than I wish you did. And then you're kind of yeah. like, all right, maybe I'm being a kind of a jerk. Like we all did it because you had your guy, you had your guy, you had your girl. We all did. And there's somebody like that I was, and we probably had the same person knowing our personalities. Where I'm going, he's the only one who's 100 on point. You know what? These other people are there. And then all of a sudden, you're coming around going, "All right, all right, all right." You're like a little child, like with that child inside the the statue, going, "Fine, I'll sit back down and continue to listen." But you're kind of almost like it was. It was fun. It was fun because it was a fun, safe way to be in a place watching this and actually grow without any pain, just a slight awakening. So. All those little things, compassion games, seeing somebody pick up trash. I mean, in our Go Love Now programs, I don't know if you exactly know what we did in the schools, but we created these incidents with with intention. I would bring up our two speakers were always people who were completely different. So we would have, you know, a, a, a white female and a black man or, you know, me and a Mexican man, different body shapes and everything. And I'd walk up and ask a question like, which one of us was on welfare as a kid? And so everybody goes, the black guy, and yells it out loud. And, and I'm, I'm like, and I'm like, why would you say that? And I'm like, actually, he was not. Um, my mom and I collected food stamps for a short while. And so we were so they're like, oh. And then I'm like, which one of us almost died from being stabbed? And so like we're going through these things and they're picking the very stereotypical comment. And they all said by the end, every one of them goes, I really liked him at the beginning. And then I really liked you. And I was like, because we became relatable. So they'd all run up and tackle you on hugs and everything after. And they'd all say the same thing. Whoever liked Freddie at first, whoever liked Earl at first, liked me after. So I'd have all these black kids, you know, running up to me and all the white kids running up to him going, you're really cool. And I didn't know you were. And, you know, so there was this weird thing. And what I'm like, I'm, what I'm trying to explain is that's because we're all freaking human beings with experiences. If you just ask. Right. And that's exactly what the show was doing. And we were bringing that into schools and creating it. The unfortunate reality is, like I was saying about my triggers or whatever, when the producer leaves, those teachers and their prejudice come back in. That's the culture of the school. And here we are divided again. Mm. So we're giving the tools to the kids. The teachers were not fully ready as a collective. I'm not saying individual teachers. As a collective the structure of the school goes back to the normal because that had taken years to create and not one hour of motivation is going to shift that without continued effort. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah, no, it does. And, and I do, I do believe though, too, that go love now also stayed and was a profound impact in where your programs were led. And I'm sure have an imprint, in the teachers that were impacted and you know i just want to say that too of just knowing what has happened and where the shift sure. has come but you know um i i do really feel too that part of the what is so moving about this pbs special and that the i feel it like the four of us are like oh it's so amazing i think it's just so extraordinary that here we are four 
white Americans excited about conversations where they're like d- people crossing the divide. Like, I feel like it's something that Americans are literally craving to like see like people that are different, like find common ground. And like, there's just like something, I almost feel like we're all dehydrated and are like wanting and and just craving um, these really difficult um, issues and finding answers, you know, like I just, I feel it. And yesterday the, the uh, documentary series to the premiere, there was like 2000 people watching this premiere and, you know, about red and blue coming together. And I just, I, I feel too with, um, you know, the anti-racism culture building and we were just in a shop today and there was like, this book is all about anti-racism and it's like a gift shop. And, you know, I mean, like things are changing and people are wanting, like wanting this change. And, and it's just, uh, there's, there's so much in our, our sign network is also, um, you know, in sign, uh, we spruce, which I feel is also part of that container for actual change to unfold. And spruce stands for speaking truth with love and compassion. And that's that part of the the difference between what was it you said not for to um, uh, listen without judgment. Yeah, but there was something else yeah. that you said. But um, how to empty versus like to not I don't know venting. like rage. Thank empty. you, yeah, venting. That's what it was. But I just think it's part of that discernment of like, okay, this is a loving, compassionate space, which I think also was really alive in that PBS special of, of people. Um, I felt them discerning before they would speak into the space that it wasn't just like, this is what is ain't, what is pissing me off. Or it was more like, this is my story. This is what's going on for me. And it like opened up these connections and friendships in the end of many people from Republican to to Democrats were like, we're friends. Like there were these extraordinary um, relationships that unfolded just by spending a weekend together talking about their points of view. I mean, I just, I think it's what we really want. We want to make friends with the other, whatever that is. And and it was just so joyful. I was just like taking notes, how to do these conversations with my family. Like I was just so excited. Chris, I got a question for you. Um, sure. So imagine, imagine that same show, if they did the full show, but it was blindfolded. Talk about how that would have gone down. And I was thinking about that because, because you start to look at certain people and go, I know what they're gonna say. And of course we're wrong. And that was with great intention. What would that look like after if you become friends with somebody and you're like, Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I thought I just thought it was brilliant in the fact like you were just you were just saying a second ago about you know realizing wow you know I I, I saw you from across the room and thought I would have nothing in common with that person but then they find out you know we're oh my god we're gonna be best friends yeah you know, that was a, that was saying crazy. That. But yeah, it's um yeah, it's it's so interesting how we do have our preconceived biases and our and our notions about that. I I would have loved to have, have seen that. Um, you know, my 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 thought on that is. Um, really trying to discover where it is that we can do that in more places. And I think that, you know, one of the challenges that I see, and I wanted to get your guys's opinion on was, you know, the group think mentality. It's like, okay, it's us against them. It's, it's, and I think somebody had said it in the comments earlier. Um, how do we get past that? I mean, it's one thing to, to vent everything, but how do we start 
being able to be more confident and having those discussions because what we're hearing now is that you say something out of context and it's immediately, you know, a soundbite and it's immediately, you know, your career's over because we're having a difficult time apparently being able to be, to speak the truth. What suggestions do you have for that? Because I know people are dealing with that in their own homes. I know families have been severed during these times because that, that idea of compassion, that idea of it's not my problem, it's their problem. Uh, how do you guys speak to that? Yeah. Well, one of the great things is the video conferencing is Zoom. Because all of a sudden, you can kind of meet in a safe place. We have these, uh, when we did the convergence, we were doing these depolarizing conversations. We call them Zoomerangs, where, you know, what you put out comes back at you. And people want to have the experience of being around people that are different than they are and understanding that difference and exploring that difference. It's really remarkable what that offers as a new medium for how we can convene without leaving your house. You can find yourself talking to people. In fact, we did this event. We had the women from this Amazon, the Amazon jungle with us. They've come out of the jungle for this conversation. And it's so powerful to be around people with a totally different worldview. This woman said, listen, we have no addresses in the jungle. Oh, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that we're at a time. And the breakthrough with language. We were yeah. able in Zoom, you can also think about it how English centered a lot of these conversations are. But I mean, there, we were uh, able right. to also honor their origin language. I mean, there was a massive talk about bridging of making that a priority for um spanish was the language that we were able to have interpreters so uh two at least two (laughs) different languages were able to be heard and listened in the same space i mean just that in itself is a huge bridge and breakthrough in these online platforms you know yeah yeah no there's a new world emerging here and by the way the event that summer's referring to it's called the reunited states of america Ooh, damn, love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's Mark Gerzon wrote that book. And it's Van Jones and uh, Megan McCain that have led it up. But you should Google that. People want to see that. And it's really another rich place to check this out. And and what's it going to take where these bridge dividers they've identified around the country? Because there's a lot of people that, you know, we're not the only ones who realize this is a turning point for America. And we've got to figure this one out. And it isn't going to be easy. And we may make mistakes. But, you know, it starts with that desire and that intent and realizing that we are stronger together. Like Summer said, that game, simple game of, you know, befriend the other. We've been playing with these kids in Afghanistan, in Kabul. Okay, we're playing this Peace on Earth by 2030 compassion game. Yeah. And these kids, their whole lives, all they've known is war. And they were challenged in this game to go out and go up to folks that maybe they would be afraid of. And maybe, in fact, they should have been afraid of. But they came back and told us stories. And and we said, well, what did you do? How did you befriend them? He said, we asked them, will you be my friend? Yeah. As simple as that. (sighs) 
Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, it truly is amazing. And, it, and it's, it speaks to a lot of what we, me and Scott talk about as well as that childlike curiosity, like you were just saying earlier, Scott, you know, that curiosity. Um, what do you guys think happens with, with us as far as kids go? I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated by the, the conditioning process that we go through and how we're taught certain things to believe certain things. And then where do we lose that compassion? Because much like you were saying, you know, my son walks out on a playground. He doesn't care what color you are. He doesn't care what you have for breakfast. Doesn't care what you're wearing. He's like, Hey, you want to go play? And we all lose, well, I shouldn't say we all lose that, but some of us lose that compassion towards our fellow man. Uh, what happens with that? Is that, is that a state of egoness? Is that a state of selfishness? Is that a state of not wanting to, or wanting to fit in and, and just, okay, so you don't like black people. Okay. So I guess we all don't like black people. Where do you guys see that origin of that root cause of how we diminish ourselves with compassion? They say thrive by five. It's the first five years and it's attachments, making secure and healthy attachments. We don't know how to do that. In fact, they say that 80% of the time that you get triggered, you know, the fight or fright or freeze, it has nothing to do with that person you're engaging with. There are things that happen when you were a kid that are still unresolved. And that's that image. That's, that. that's why I threw it out there. Shared with us, you know, I knew it would that. keep coming back around because this whole thing goes back to that. So, yeah. If we can't take responsibility for self-regulating so we could co-regulate with each other. So we can be in a tune with each other. We had a, a friend of ours asked us, what's the most important instrument in the orchestra? I didn't know the answer. He said, it's the tuning fork. <laughs> well so done. Well done. To, yep. Learning how to attune to each other, learning how to create those secure and healthy attachments. That takes really responsibility. It does. It does. Blaming others. And it does. I want to, to capture. Take... I want to capture Amber's comment right here. Okay. So Amber is uh, Amber saying suicide crosses counselor. I actually believe that we needed to be in our schools way more than we are advocating for policy change. Set up a peer support system, educating, teaching, training. I'm trans. However, I like everyone else and any human being. Uh, forget labeling. Yeah, that was another thing. And, and thank you for saying that, Amber. Um, is the fact that the labeling I, I, in the documentary, they brought that up as well as we need to do away with that, I, which I thought was brilliant. But even all it's also to the point of 9-11, where everybody said, hey, for two weeks, we were united. And you saw the emotion. You saw the the, the like, we all we all want that again. We all kind of want that again. So I thought that was, there was beauty in that. But um, yes, Amber, thank you for your, for your comment. What do you guys speak to that? Yeah, well, I just want to honor too what Amber so... Um, you know, in the being unfiltered, you know, like, thank you for speaking your truth and, and sharing that Amber with us here in this space. And, you know, I, I, I feel like part of too, with, um, with all of these, like the, the, what is the ultimate answer? How can we do this? It just, it feels like it all comes back to the heart is yeah. that even wherever we may feel so polarized and different from whoever it is or the frustration that maybe someone's speaking in front of us, that in that moment, there is a heart in that person and there is more love that I can, I'll just speak for myself, that I can access here in the space to contribute to the space that, that I feel like that is so much of what is missing is there's this you know, um, kind of fight the fighting and the, but that there's also love here and how we can speak and, and give that space for the hurting, the hurting and the, the 
the un 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 like the the confusion or the the pain that that is so I think what and I think about a family member so much right now. <laughs> we have a, a dear family member. I'm not going to speak to exactly who it is because you know it's just part of. But it's there's I just how do you spell their name? Feel... Just tell me how you spell their name. Okay, I'm, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Bless him. He there's so much anger. There's so much anger. Is this John? No. <laughs> But I, I just, you know, and, and I just last night we were in a conversation and there was like this, I would say it wasn't as much emptying, but it was like, but there, but there was this, and I find it's like, I come to that space and, I, and it's like, okay, how can, how can I show up here? Oh, okay. Here we are. Here's the anger. Here it is. And I just, I just imagine, I imagine this person as like a child and I just, I just, I drop it in my heart and, you know, just listen and be there. And, you know, it was uh, John McCain's uh, daughter, too, in this uh, premiere yesterday. And she said, honestly, when it comes down to it, I just, she goes, I know I'm hated out there. And I know there's people against my views. And she's like, I just do whatever I can to lead with love lead with love, lead with love. And I feel that's part of being a bridge oh, just man. in so, the moment. So those are the two perfect people without a question is to have Van Jones and Megan right now, because I mean, anybody who has not looked at who they are, they're, they're people who were heavily admired on one side and they, they became the bridge by saying, well, just maybe. And I don't know. And, and I've watched this happen with you guys too. And it happens with me and it happens with Chris, the minute, we come from our understanding, understood beliefs and the facts that we've lived by. And we go, let's say something nice to this group to try to work with them. We get mobbed by the group that we were with before. And so Van Jones has some great perspectives and points of view. And he leaned a little bit to try to be a bridge and viciously attacked. And the same thing with Megan. Okay. Yeah. So recently he was very much attacked. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I don't even yeah. care what they're saying. I'm going to listen to it because yeah. they're people who have taken a chance. And John, I've looked at your Facebook page. I've been in some of these with you <laughs> and you've probably seen some of mine. I mean, here's the simple reality. We're no, trying to sit here and figure out how can we speak truth, but say, I know someone's going to tag me with this, but I see what you're saying. Now, what somebody might be saying might literally be next level crazy. But here's the thing. What you just said, I hear you. You've been heard. I'll repeat it back to you. All we're trying to do is say, let's have a conversation. But in social media and group dynamic, the minute you do it or in front of the news, everyone's going to attack you, not realizing you're trying to be a bridge. Let's talk about that. We've got the, the Van Jones. We've got Megan. We've got you guys. We've got Chris. We've got me. We've got others listening who are like us. How do we step out, put our necks out, not get our throats slit? What kind of tools can we offer people? to start becoming the bridge and what are we willing to take because here's the truth too we're energetic beings and i can't just go dump myself out there and get crucified i still have to be a mom a dad a, a, a husband uh there's all these things i need to be these roles i've attached to i don't want to get crucified i want to like how do we put ourselves out there like what do we do like what, what's next mm -hmm. yeah for both of you for both of you guys well yeah. okay what well, couple things i want to say one thing for me 
love is such a powerful force. You're giving the light. Yeah. We're losing I'm gonna light. Say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say speak to the light in a second. It's love and light. <laughs> but light. love means for me that your concerns are my concerns. That when you say I love you, that's what you're saying. Hmm. And to be able to really, you know, appreciate that there's a lot of hurting people with all p- different points of view. I also want to acknowledge the fact that, as I mentioned to you earlier, we were planning to be home under all of the nice light. I know, we have the love and the green light, and we're slowly and... disappearing on you here. You know what you guys look like? You look like a teenage date with a moon behind us, behind you, and you're about to tell us to get the hell out of your lives because you got business, and we're a little no, confused no, by no, it. No, no, no. Guys. Sorry, no. <laughs> we tried to get home in time. It's a story, whatever. So I, I understand at some moment it's probably going to be better to not have us on camera here because we're in the dark. But we're so committed to coming together. Here, turn your head a little bit. You'll okay. there. Right. Oh, there we go. go. That's there good. Go. Okay. Go ahead. Keep going. No, no, no. That's all. It's, it's love and light. I think we need the light. And sometimes in the darkness, you know, it's Martin Luther King, right? That, it, you know, you, the only thing that's going to drive out that hate is love. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's 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 cliche, but it's really profound. If we can let love lead the way, if that's, we can make space, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the only thing. You know, we may have come on different ships, but we're all in the same boat now. And we, in doing that MLK convergence, realized, my God, what wisdom! He was saying, "Hey, you want to make America great? Everyone can be great because everybody can serve." Mm-hmm. And if the secret, if there's anything that we've learned, and speaking for myself, is that the to the degree I can get the attention off myself and be able to engage in these kind of expressions like you guys put together here tonight and what you're up to, these are the things that make a difference. This is what enriches my life, to be able to be a part of those things that are saying, hey, we need to move to the light. We need to find our way through this darkness. Mm-hmm. It's been a very, very difficult period. We've been full of fear, all sides. And then people are just, you know, they get angry with each other over nothing. You can feel it. It's just, wait. And I like Grandpa Joey. That's what I call our new president, Grandpa Joey. <laughs> you know, he's got some wisdom. He says, hey, we just need to tone it down. Let's tone it down. We could disagree. There's all We can work out our differences. Let's work it out and not fight it out. Yep. Jill just put all those beautiful hearts with words like compassion, kindness, love um, in name of Valentine's Day all over the lawn. And, you know, some people are going to say that's a gimmick and they're going to attack it. And and it did. It happened instantaneously. And that's okay. It doesn't mean you don't stop doing the right thing. Like, yeah, no doubt. Chris, I also also just want to say, too, that sometimes being the bridger, it sounds nice, but it may be the least popular person in the room. Like, to know that you're going to say the thing that's going to be like, oh, no, I I just I just have to say it's not always going to be wanted to be said. It's like the white elephant in the room, you know, like, are you the one that's going to speak up and say what (laughs) I doubt it? I doubt it. But but yeah, it's like, (laughs) I think allowing like that it. It isn't always going to be the thing that 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 people are excited to engage in, and and that's been that's been an edge for me too through the definitely the last four years is to actually like allow the responses of like that aren't popular responses or 
that you may have backlash and and allow that to be like there's there's something about that to kind of speak up for for the things that that are being forgotten and and maybe that can't speak up in the space how do we speak up for that you know the the uh all of the all of the different things of the indigenous people of america and how do we honor that how do we shed light literally light in in the places that maybe just really haven't been honored and and that's always sort of an interesting thing to kind of in that sense of being a bridger too and you see it coming you know the indigenous wisdom say authenticity grants authority Mm -hmm. authenticity grants authority well you know what guys there's been a lot of hurt that's just been pushed down hasn't been heard and felt starting with the first nations we just can't ignore it i mean we can say we don't want to deal with it we can just say that you know it's not mine to do i wasn't there why am i being blamed but that hurt is real same thing with african americans i mean this is the time you see the conversations are being had you know, every commercial I watch on TV now, it's a biracial couple. You know, I think it's kind of good. We're learning, okay, you know, we need to think differently and be open to understand that there are other pe- people's pain that we maybe never felt. And we've had the privilege of living our lives without having to feel as if my land was stolen from me or if I didn't belong here or I wasn't welcomed here. But for those of us who've had that privilege, now's a chance to make a little space for others so they can heal too. We can, we're all in this together. A lot of space for those. Yeah, a lot. Of space. Not just a little, a lot. Bam, 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 bam. You guys are beautiful souls. I just got to tell you that. I'm so thankful to Scott for introducing you guys to us and to our audience. Uh, I just want to capture something here that uh, a couple of people said, um, Pamela, thank you so much for being here with us. She says, we need more wisdom like you are sharing tonight too. Yes, absolutely. Um, she's also, Robert says, learning to take it easy on ourselves would be a long way to easing that process that or easing that stress. Mm-hmm. Yes, Robert, absolutely. Thank you for being here. That's the same thing that Scott or uh, that uh, Chad had said above was a matter of fact that, you know, the compassion starts within ourselves. The healing starts within ourselves. Um, and, uh, Pamela says, great point. Uh, people don't always want to hear the truth. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just posted something earlier about don't be an asshole. You know, the person that wants to always find out what the truth mm-hmm. is, but never or wants to ask the question, but never wants to implement what uh, it is. Yeah. You know, and, and, Chad, and thank okay. you so much for being here, Chad. Chad says, I wish people would, would say black or white. Uh, I get pissed. Let's just judge by character, um, or lack of, you know, me. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, we just got to be real. We got to go back to having those conversations. So uh, again, we I put the link in there for you guys to go check out that documentary. But uh, um, obviously, people can get a hold of you here, I would assume. Yep. Yeah. And also, if you check out the Compassion Games Survival of the Kindest Facebook page, there's an event, a convening that we're inviting people into one Zoom room to actually like come into these conversations and really build scaffolding for synergy for bridging the divide to take what we've been gathering from the mlk convergence and gathering and harvesting for actual real creating change to being beloved community and that's the last weekend of february but there's uh information about it on our facebook page yep cool awesome awesome yeah um 
final thoughts, Mr. Scott, before we, uh, we adjourn our guests back to the green room for the Brown M&Ms. <laughs> yeah. So I would say, um, uh, that first of all, I love the whole concept of that. I think we really did a good job at explaining what compassion is and what we're trying to do with bringing compassion to the world and some of the differences with empathy. Um, I also really want people to think about this and I want to share this with people. Remember that picture that you just saw, because you explained that very well summer where you said, when you're speaking to that person who starts with a J uh, name starts with a J that love person, it, love it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, right there when you're speaking to them imagine that visual that you're talking to another child you know you guys are cousins at the family reunion and you're speaking you know at six years old seven years old not two 40 year old adults because by this point you know we've have so much we need to unlearn let's instantaneously unlearn that by getting out of our minds and into our hearts so we start speaking with our hearts a little more when you get somewhere now one of the difficulties we're struggling with right now and i don't have all the answers yet is that there is some accountability issues. There's things that have gone on in our country that demand accountability and unity is a byproduct of that. So I'm gonna say that about 5,000 more times, but tonight I'm gonna to say it one more time. Unity is a byproduct of accountability and more than that, accountability, honesty, integrity. And once we get to that space, it's gonna be a lot easier, easier for all of us to be very heart centric and connect with the heart. But when there's things looming over the heads of others, who have never received accountability, that's a difficult place to start from. So if you see things in our country right now and you want closure and you want to figure out what do we need to do to move on, let's get to our hearts. Let's be honest with ourselves. Let's have some integrity. Let's get into a space of accountability for all. Let's start listening, connecting with our hearts. And I think we're going to be okay. I don't think, I know we're going to be okay. Oh yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Hell yeah. Have, final final thoughts, uh, John and Summer. Yes. What's that? I said final thoughts for you uh, before we adjourn you back to the green room for just a moment. Yeah, I just, I also just, you know, a lot of this is not easy. It's serious. It's hard. And I also, you know, feel like there's so much joy that we can have in bridging these gaps is to like follow your heart and where, you know, where your frustrations are, maybe just on the other side is this extraordinary like purpose in all of this time of, of, you know, follow your heart. And there is joy in this journey too, as we bridge the gaps and, and find, find each other, find our, the, our friends that our surprised friends that are just on that other side of the bridge. Beautiful. You never know. Yeah. 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 Hey guys, never know. I, I just want to say this. I met summer playing the compassion games. So compassion has been very good to me <laughs> and I doing something for somebody else, you know, to realize and discover that we are better together. And I see us, the vision I had is that we're going to walk each other home. hundred percent. And we're walking home right now. We're oh, just yeah. a little confused in the direction. That's all it is. Yeah. May it be so. Yeah. Uh, you guys are great. I love yeah, the show. This is so good.
Thank Love you, you guys. Thank you. We'll definitely have you back on and uh, and discuss this co conversation more because there's obviously different ways we could we could jump off of this, but at least we got you on the show for the first time and being able to share what it is that you guys are putting out and forth in the world. Um, mad, absolute mad respect. I want to uh, talk to you guys offline about doing that here in Southern California and see what we could do about bridging that out here as well and uh, and see how I could be a, a leader of that. So uh, thank you guys. We're just going to put you back in, uh, backstage here for a second and while uh, Scott and I close out the show, but okay, don't go anywhere. Stay put. Wow, Scott, another unfiltered experience, another Friday night where we have shared some brilliance with our with our with our unfiltered crew. Our unfiltered I have to remember crew. that too. We're, we're, we're putting on it's, it's a lot of work for us. I know we're, we're doing our best. <laughs> the unfiltered crew. <laughs> the unfiltered crew. You guys have been all super awesome. Pamela, Chad, thank you guys so much for being here. Robert, as always, being here. Um, Amber Allen, thank you so much for, for sharing your story and your vulnerability here and, and definitely saying what needs to be said. We appreciate that. And again, here's what's Chad's Know Thyself. Uh, so awesome. Absolutely. What's up, Darlene? Thank you chance to, to check you out. Welcome, Darlene. Thank you so much for being here. I saw you in the clubhouse room earlier, so I know that you're you're getting your, your personal development, your, your everything else is going on in there. Angel's in the house. Angel's always here with us. Friday, thank you so much, Angel, for being here. Um, you know, a lot of great questions, a lot of uh, great discussions, so I think it's a great jumping off point for us to be able to, um, to do our job, Scott. So, um, Again, I, I, you asked a brilliant question. What can we do to get started? Where do you think? Uh, where do you think a couple of things we are can tell people that where they can get started now? So, as far as being a bridge or getting in touch with the Compassion Games, uh, being a bridge. So, I would say being a bridge, and and this is exactly doubles back to the thing we always talk about. When you find your why and you find your mission, the bridge is going to come out of that. Because my why and my mission is to teach people to love themselves more, to find their brilliance. It's all the things that I'm doing. So. If I believe it's people, then it's all people. So I am bound to find a way to connect with many people, even if I don't always agree with what you're saying. Now, there's lines that can be crossed that I say, OK, I don't know where to go with that. But there's a lot of people who we draw imaginary lines and we can work with. And I, I can say this. I know there's a lot of people with different viewpoints on our show, and there's one reason for it. The reason is because we're offering that opportunity because we want people to grow. We want people to fall in love with themselves. We want them to find their brilliance. So I would suggest find your why, find your passion, find your purpose. And I think organically, if you go to that childlike state and start connecting with the heart, you'll be blown away by what you receive. And I'm going to be the first to tell you the truth. I'm not great at this yet. I'm in practice. I say to Chris all the time, one of my most difficult things of stepping up to the next level of enlightenment is accepting everybody else where they're at in the journey. Cause I work so hard on myself, I get upset with other people. And, and that's something I'm working through. So my honesty, my authenticity, everything that I'm giving you is in practice daily. But I will say this, being a bridge is a beautiful thing. Take the chance, do it. That's gonna, that's what's gonna make the world a better place. I could not agree more, dude. You know, um, being the bridge is something we have to do. We have to be a bridge to ourselves. I mean, that, I love that we talked about that self component, the self compassion, the love part of it. You know, if we don't love ourselves and we're not happy with ourselves, then then the 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 opportunity for hate and uh, judgment and everything else against other people is only magnified. So that's the responsibility we have to take. And I appreciate you being so candid with that and the vulnerability with that is that we're all on a mission. We're not perfect. I mean, you know, you could be inside my brain if my brain projected out, you know, the sounds. I mean, some things that I think that are automatic that I don't even know why I think it's just like, what the hell did I think that for? You know, half the times it's because I'm, I'm a, I have a smart ass sense of humor. I'm like, oh, I can make fun of that. And I can make fun of this. 
Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's the most, that's the most important part is just being that bridge and just seeking first to understand. Because again, I know I've told you guys that a thousand times, you know, I grew up with a mom who didn't give a shit what you thought. Here's, here's your opinion and you're going to stick with it. And if you disagree with me, I'm going to find every way, shape or form to put you down, uh, and to make that, make that opinion, not even matter. And, uh, you know, it just doesn't get anybody anywhere. It's, we're, we're a community, we're a world. And, um, I think Scott that well, I, I, I truly believe Scott that in, in the, the history books, you know, 20 years, 40 years from now, you know, Jackson's kids going to be coming home from school. He's gonna be like, Hey dad, remember 2020 and 2021 remember man, uh, my kids reading about it in school and how, you know, you guys turned it around and how we, you know, created a global community and how we started getting rid of some of the shit that wasn't working. And we actually all got involved in, you know, who we elect and everything. And man, let's make it for such a great story that you guys were the, were the generation that got that through. And every time I think about that man it just it just warms my heart so we appreciate all you guys being here um whoops uh, amber has another thing i want to i want to check this out here for a second self-destruction and self-conscious doubt is many times the biggest reason for our own missed goals yeah. beautifully said amber fall beautifully said and your brilliance shows up so fall yes. yourself, amber we love you welcome back welcome to your new place you are a part of the unfiltered crew um mm -hmm. chad says uh good evening let's talk on a show soon. Absolutely. Bring us a subject, man. We'd love to have a talk conversation with you guys. Um, Darlene says, good job guys. Uh, well, that's it for us. It's a minute and four seconds. Uh, Scott, thank you so much brother for bringing your brilliance and your, and your enlightenment, bringing these amazing people to the world. Um, I guess we will sign off now. I'm used to saying something brilliant. And I don't feel like saying anything. <laughs> brilliant. So. We love the you guys. Crew is out. Peace. <laughs>